Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this particular episode of the Force Center podcast feed is the Bad Batch Report. (laughs) That was like if Wrecker was pretending to be a human motorcycle starting. Ooh, almost. You're so close. I'll yes and you and say (laughs) yes, absolutely. He's trying to be a speeder bike that's broken. I also, it was Wrecker doing the monster that tries to get him. Oh, yeah, the monster who, according to the subtitles, is a Dianoga. Mm. 
Wait, I just choked on my water. What? <laughs> right? And so, I, yeah, I had this weird journey because I watch it. I always watch the uh, episode at midnight and and just watch it. Uh, and I, as I was watching, I was like, this is definitely some Dianoga beats, some Dianoga feels. Mm-hmm. That'd be great if they really solidly encountered a Dianoga sometime. And then I was rewatching this morning with subtitles and it was like record groans, <laughs> Dianoga howls or whatever. Wow. Okay. I mean, like a. An, a super, I know, I, I, yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, who are we to assume all Dianogas look exactly alike, you know? Right. I don't want, yeah, exactly. And, and look at all tracks, right? You got trash water. <laughs> right, yeah, you got the, uh, hey, I'll, I'll, I'll take some of that. Wait, is this organic? Gross. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, really, this could just be like that Dianoga that we met in the trash compactor is trying to live off of that really kind of puny amount of trash in very shallow trash water whereas this dinoga is like braca is a buffet yeah it's like uh you know i i've had iguanas you know you keep it in a small cage maybe stay small you put it on braca <laughs> huge this is dinoga in a big planet-sized cage exactly so uh there's a little foreshadowing of what we're going to be talking about later this is the all dinoga episode no i lie uh i'm a big liar and my name is joseph scrimshaw and I'm Ken Epsuck. I can confirm such a liar Joseph is. Always a liar. Is it even really my name or I have been lying all these years, even to myself? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yes, we are here and excited for this seventh episode of the Bad Batch Report to discuss battle scars. This is, of course, episode seven of the Bad Batch television show. It is written by Jennifer Corbett. That's very cool because she is the head writer of the whole show and it is directed uh, by another name. That we recognize from the Clone Wars, Saul Ruiz. And this episode, we could tell, was going to be a very special episode because it's about three minutes longer than the episodes have been. This yeah. was a 27-minute episode, a very, very special episode of The Bad Batch. So, Ken, what was your overall reaction? Love it? Like it? Struggle with it? Was it a very special episode to you? It was a very special episode. That really makes sense. I, I really enjoyed what this episode set out to do, which was for me, my interpretation was kind of have the Bad Batch literally lost in their own past as maybe they contemplate how to move forward, which they've been doing for a couple of weeks now. And I don't say that as, hey, they're repeating beats. I'm just like, this is there's some deep thinking that's going on in this episode. Great action uh, mixed with some of the quietest introspection yet. I, I think there were some real quiet moments of, of, of import. Yeah, yeah. I really, really liked this episode. I thought it was, you know, important. Obviously, we've been waiting for uh, Wrecker's uh, head to go mm-hmm. off, Wrecker's horror to go off. Uh, and this was a very different episode as well as kind of a, a significant one plot wise. But I think what I was really struck by is I really, really enjoyed it, not necessarily for the plot. A lot of the plot was the uh, fun in the horror of the uh, tragedy that you know is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, being set off but right. what made this special is that because this wasn't a big plot or revelation heavy episode it was just all about the emotions right this yep. was just uh, star wars as a visual and emotional storytelling of there's some great canon stuff we can discuss and some what ifs and and great big themes and all that but this was really like uh just uh, uh, sometimes I say this, uh, this term is a, is a joke, uh, cause it can be abused, but I really mean it this time of like, it, this was a tone poem about loss and hope. It was yeah. just letting you sink into the emotions of it. 
Uh, yeah, I always love that uh, t- term, tone poem. Tone poem. I use it a lot, and, and not just Star Wars discussions. Life, uh, you know. I love a good U two tone poem song. All right. Uh, <laughs> no, you say things I absolutely loved uh, about this episode because there is. Um, there's this, uh, hey, remember this person appearance of the week, which might bother some. It doesn't bother me, especially we knew Rex was coming, you know, if you looked at the trailers. So uh, I yeah, like that. Yeah, shot from this episode in the trailers, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so there's that. And then there was, so so there's no, there was really no mystery. And last week we had mystery of who's in the cape that, that Trace and Roth are talking to. And ah, it's probably Rex. Guess what? It's Rex. And we get that answer early. Hey, we've been waiting for a record of something going on with his head. Hey, it happened and we solved that problem. So all those things to me are like, yeah, great. Almost like get them out of the way. Not saying that the Jennifer Corbett and the team were trying to do that. I'm just saying for me, I was like, yeah, yeah. You know what? Get that out of the way. And let's, let's talk with the clones. Let's figure out what's going on with the clone. <laughs> that other big plot stuff and the Candace stuff and what's moving this season forward. We'll get to that. I really did enjoy what you're talking about. This tone poem of clone thoughts. Yeah, yeah, clone thoughts and just like the utter darkness of the galaxy. Uh, this is another o- Omega coming of age of being exposed to like, this is how rough and awful the galaxy really can be that someone you love can be trying to murder you and you have to find your way through even that, you know. Um, there's a real horror movie aesthetic to a lot of it. And just a lot of that uh, that idea of you've got to pass through the darkness to get back to even some possibility of light or hope. And I think because this was such an emotional tone poem, we talk every week about just how great the animation looks. But I think sometimes we can almost talk about that of like, almost from the tech side of like, it's amazing what they can do with those ones and zeros these days. Uh, But this episode really paid off in terms of those visuals being able to communicate an extra amount of beauty, you know, Mm. Uh, uh, of really making you uh, feel the emotions uh that shot uh in particular for me of rex in the doorway we cut seconds later to him looking at his helmet and reflecting on being a soldier which is which is meaningful but like uh i almost paused on my first viewing which i try not to do just to look at like that one shot that it was absolutely beautiful haunting painting Mm. of a forlorn thoughtful rex thinking in the doorway of this, you know, destroyed version of his former home, you know? Right. Oh yeah. Oh, the, that, that motif was, was so just, it just jumped off the screen. Just this literally in the, in the, in the ruins of the past. Uh, it, it, it really worked for me. That's a great, I love that you called that shot out. A lot of little beautiful moments. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I guess another thing for me is I've been fascinated with the way that this whole show has been structured, that each episode does feel like a self-contained adventure. Like this one could be called the one where they get their chips out. Right. Yeah. yeah, Right. (laughs) But it never is uh, losing track of centering the big questions. Right. And in this one, it recentered that question of who does the Bad Batch want to be in the galaxy? Who are they going to choose to be? Uh, it, it just has that great plot question of who all is after them. What do they need to be worried about? Uh, it recenters this idea of can they protect Omega? And I think what I was really struck by is on the plot uh, side of things, they've been setting up the the ticking time bomb of Wrecker's head, and even referred to it as a time bomb in this episode. So the question in my mind of when it went off, I kept kind of thinking about when is the worst time it could go off and the fact that it isn't when they're being chased by the empire when they're being brought back to camino or when they're facing crosshair or any of the other threads 
the fact that they they made the choice to the only person who's really in deep danger when Wrecker's head goes off is the rest of Bad Batch, but particularly Omega. Mm-hmm. It centers Omega because if you if you think about when is the worst time that Wrecker's uh, chip could go off, you could probably come up with like more complex and dynamic action scenarios, right? But it's not about action. It's about the absolute worst thing that could happen is that record could turn on Omega. And it really centers protecting her as the highest stake of the show. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Excellent point, as always. But tying it to literally some of the stuff Hunter is saying at the end as he's weighing the big picture stuff with Rex. And it's like, that's the number one focus. Omega. You know, and, and there's other, obviously other things that they're in their mind, but I, I thought it was really interesting that he's like, yeah, I don't know what we're going to do, but the, the, the kid's number one. And that this whole episode really, really solidifies that. And then they break your heart because they start with some great, uh, you know, comedy up top and the, and the Mantel mix and all that stuff. So, well, yeah, well said on, on how, how, how to use that, uh, that ship going off effectively. Yeah. I mean, it does continue to center the, that Hunter truly listened to the, the Quains, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, cut and Sue. And is like, no, I'm a parent now. And, and Rex and his offer, I think, you know, they still might come around to, yeah, no, we need to fight back against the empire. But for like this episode, it almost had a great, like, uh, uh your buddy's wondering if you can, uh, you know, go on this big trip. <laughs> like, nah, I got a kid. <laughs> I have kind of living that sometimes and uh, other things in life. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. No, uh, we, we'll, t- we'll get to that uh, end scene, but Rex kind of uh, keeping with his theme, even some of the stuff with cut going back to the actual clone war stuff, just uh, choice choices. Uh, we understand the importance of choice and the value of choice and, and, and what it is to give people that choice, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Big, big theme. So let's dive into that. What did you feel were the big themes? Uh, what were the ideas at, most at stake in this episode for you? Oh, yeah. All right. Follow me on these ones here. Uh, there's. I'll start I'll start with this. You 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 talked about some already identity, what you want to be, what you want to fight for. Those, those, those kind of hang over this entire series, right? Right. And they'll pop back up. So putting those ones aside a little bit, though, again, I think it all ties. I, I started this train of thought of, of uh, the, I put the power of friendship. It's a good Huey Lewis B-side. We never heard that <laughs> one. Uh, and there's all these examples of that where you got Omega and Wrecker running all the way through, but especially the stuff at the beginning. I mean, it's just, we keep using that term endearing. Endearing ha- pops up a lot too with Omega and everything, but just like, uh, what, a, what a fun little, can, can, can we Hunter? We got to go get the candy. Cause <laughs> and, and go from there, their friendship. And that's all the way through here. Rex says, uh, you know, I had to have help removing uh, my chip, which, you know, is a, tip the iceberg thing and all these kind of stuff, but it's like, he couldn't do it alone. Omega is afraid of being left alone there with no one. It's a great heart wrenching moment. Omega pleading, Rekka, I'm your friend. And, and this uh, idea of uh, there's a line, the line from Rex, uh, we're here. Others are out there too. This, this connection is so big in star Wars. Power of friendship. Uh, it, it, it really popped for me in this episode. A couple other things after that, but I'll kick it back to you. If you, if you uh, agree or disagree on friends. <laughs> no, I think you're. I think that's a really astute observation of that is a big Star Wars theme. But this episode really does uh, bring it out of the the uh, these are all badasses, right? Mm-hmm. But they are they are badasses who are this unit who work together. The squad is everything to the Bad Batch, and particularly to Hunter, talking about what he has to do at the end. He has to do what's best for his squad, 
And you're right, that just gets uh, repeated from everybody's perspective. And, and a good contrast with Sid, who's like, well, uh, I will keep you around right now because you have value to me and I feel like I have you over a space barrel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so that's your value to me, but I'm not uh, running, uh, you know, a clone club. <laughs> it's very much not about friendship. It's about yeah, what is your value to me? Uh, and that's a great contrast to everything that you are highlighting, where we are hearing from uh, Rex's perspective, from Hunter's perspective, from Omega, mm -hmm. and from Wrecker's perspective, that friendship and connection is the highest stake. That's what matters yeah. the most. Uh, and I love that Sid has literally a, a running list, a Google Doc, if you will, of what, what you owe her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, 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 that's actually financially, but I sense that Sid probably has that with anyone she considers a friend, too. Yeah, yeah. Like, Remember when you had that breakup and I listened? You uh, owe me emotionally for that. <laughs> the old friend bank. <laughs> the old friend bank. Uh, yeah, I, I really thought uh, thought that was great. Um, I think a, a, a the biggest theme for me, and I think maybe just the title "Battle Scars" uh, is what uh, made me think about it. But I also think it was just kind of what emotionally affected me uh, in the episode and the name of the theme that came to me is damaged things still have value. <laughs> uh, maybe that's occurring to me for, for some reason uh, as I get a little bit older and uh, live through a pandemic that damaged things still have value. Yeah. But I loved how often this was highlighted. Um, Rex is really defined is old and battle worn by himself, but, but also by everyone he is interacting with. Um, that's a great Omega moment of being uh, extremely observant that, that keeps being a, a thread, uh, but says you're a generation one. I can tell from the lines on your face, like right away, we are defining Rex is old. He is original, probably creaky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if Omega is the brand new and what is meant to be the next generation, possibly uh, everything takes place um, on Bracca. The fact that it's a salvage planet of like, mm -hmm. this is a bunch of broken old crap but we can salvage something <laughs> worthwhile out of this old broken stuff. It's a whole planet of old broken stuff that might still have value. Uh, and then they, uh, they attach that, uh, that idea to the cruiser as well of mm -hmm. Rex being in that, this uh, a bittersweet place of, uh, of uh, reminiscing. And this is an original Venator class ship from the first batch off the line in uh, mm -hmm. record directly. He's like, yep, just like you. Ha ha ha. And it's a, it's a fun, uh, great record joke, but it is this idea of uh, these old things, even though they're damaged, still have value. And then I think perhaps it, uh, kind of fresh for ways that we've heard people talk about this characters talk about this era rex even defines the republic as still existing is damaged mm -hmm. but alive you know um that uh hunter pushes back and says rex says that he's still fighting for the republic he always has been and mm -hmm. hunter says the republic's gone and rex says ah not all of it we're here others are out there too you highlighted the others are out there too line is is friendship but often uh, when we've heard characters talk about uh, this era of time, even up to the Galactic Civil War, it's been this story of we have to get the Republic back. Mm -hmm. It was really interesting to hear Rex say, like, no, the Republic's still here. It's just very damaged and we need to restore it. Yeah, this this is great stuff, man. I, I feel you. And maybe it's because you and I are out here in a city where often we're told to our faces, uh, uh, you know, we usually get the uh, the easy path out here. <laughs> just like, hey, you're too old. 
You're too old. Uh, I was told that from some YouTube companies. Nah, you're too old to be on air now. Uh, so I feel you, man. I feel we're Generation One clones sometimes. But it really was effective. I, I, I'm right here with you on this because when they, the just the fact that Rex is like, we got. I'm just, I'm not just going back to like a shell of a spaceship. I knew like this will help us. The value of going to that med bay really popped for me. Of 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 literally going through the trash to get to get saved in a way. Yeah, exactly. And I even feel like that's kind of going on with the the Bad Batch uh, mm-hmm. themselves, right? Of They are in this middle of this kind of being actively damaged. They're in this place of crisis and trying to come out of it. And this the heart of this episode is seeing the beauty of Wrecker and Omega's relationship. And then it gets horrifically damaged. Uh, but it ends on this moment of hope of like, no, even this, this damaged uh moment uh in this relationship can be repaired it can be salvaged right and omega is just like no problem it's okay let's eat our man telmex (laughs) yeah no excellent it's a power of friendship but uh for sure but i i really uh really right here with you on this idea of uh not leaving anything behind uh, unless you need to that's a different therapy path but uh yeah no no just uh it it resonates for us uh, old folks (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Shop at Goodwill is what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, old things still have value. Uh, what are some other uh, themes or ideas that jumped out to you? You know, so I went to the 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 chip thing, which is, uh, you know, this plot point. We've been kind of waiting for this moment. Again, I love that. I'm not saying I'm not I don't even know if we're necessarily done with chips, uh, inhibitor chips as a plot point here in, in, in this uh, bad batch. I, I, I don't I probably more to come. But the fact that this was issue was raised it has been raised and then it was essentially solved in this episode i, I really love that i if, if if you understand what i mean you know like if i'm if i'm being clear i'm just like there's no more mystery the chips are out <laughs> right right it wasn't like wrecker went off and then they kind of couldn't yeah. figure things out and they're like okay well when is tech gonna go off and what's that gonna look right. like nope right they're out they're done and i kind of just like that because so I, I was focusing on the chips and this idea, this, this, you know, what's in there, only what you take with you. I think this might resonate for me of just overcoming what's inside you. And now there's this issue of control uh, I want to talk about as well. But but overcoming what's inside you, doubt, fear, mistakes, scars. And, and sometimes you have to go directly to your past to confront what is there. Like we're going to the the, the shadows of the Clone War. We're going all these ways. And, and they have something inside them that they have to face in some way or whether it's personified perhaps best by Wrecker, who has this fear of heights and all these things. And he's, it's comical at times, but he doesn't want to do the surgery and then it goes bad. And then, but you know, it, it represented just as like what's inside you that you sometimes have to face, which is to me, it's at times a big star Wars theme, especially I'm thinking of Luke and last Jedi and things like that. Uh, uh, so that, that popped for me as well. Well, in, in even Rex, I loved how, how seriously, uh, how seriously uh they they took it right of mm-hmm. of rex's damage uh from what he's gone through and we don't even know how many other clones he's interacted with at this point but we I, know I, we got to see in season seven uh of clone wars what he went through but the fact that he goes for his blaster right yeah of you see how hard he takes it uh but his instinct right away is uh you are very dangerous so i need to help you through this like mm. a a lesser person <laughs> uh, yeah. would have just started firing because they've been through the trauma and like yeah no I gotta, I gotta take care of this, but he finds a way through the same way as his record does, like you're describing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I just, it's just something about it. Just like it, uh, you know, what's inside you that you must remove. 
<laughs> yes. Find a device. Uh, get, get a friend like Tech to make you a device to scan for your chips. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think another big idea for me is uh, it's connected to everything we've been talking about, but it just kind of jumped out of like clone lives matter, like all mm-hmm. lives <laughs> uh, matter in, in uh, Star Wars. I didn't mean to phrase that in any sort of uh, modern uh, yeah. sociopolitical way, uh, but uh, that really there's a focus specifically on, uh, of course, uh, Rex and Bad mm-hmm. Batch and our heroes are very much concerned with lots of people they encounter. But this episode was kind of uh, Rex, a clone. Mm-hmm. who's helped other clones helping these clones. Right. Uh, and I thought that that really felt to me like um, there's this ongoing question of our actual ability to stay alive and safe matters. But of course, like uh, our autonomy, our souls matter. And there's this ongoing question of, are they going to work for Sid? They are working for Sid, but are they mm-hmm. going to keep working for Sid? And that really felt like the purpose of uh, the mm-hmm. lizard Ruby at the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Of, they bring it back and Hunter keeps doing this of like, I'm working for you, but I'm questioning you and I don't like it. And they ask, you know, well, who wanted Ruby and what for? And Sid said, ah, maybe it's a pet. Uh, maybe he wants to turn it into a stew. Don't know. Don't care. There's that question of like, what is a lizard food, pet, financial commodity? And it really feels like that exact same question is hanging over the bad batch. Like well, not only what do they want to do, but why do different people want them? Like Sid wants them around because they're, uh, mercenaries <laughs> uh, that she has over a, a space barrel. Uh, but then, then there's also that question of, well, certainly the uh, Kaminoans or Kaminoans want them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who else wants them and for what? What are they to the galaxy? Are they food, mm-hmm. pet, financial commodity, need their DNA? You know, what is their value according to other people in the galaxy? Meat in a clone stew. Uh, the brief <laughs> cargo might have a thought on that. Yeah, uh, no, uh, excellent. Yeah, and, and, and that opening sequence... You don't you don't waste sequences like that. There's going to be something there, and it had a great it had a great purpose with great comedy and a and yeah. an adorable lizard. I, I like lizards and stuff, so again, I was happy with that little roly poly <laughs> lizard. But yeah, no, I love what you're saying about uh, the big question and, and the value. Yeah, yeah, and and so much of this was uh, this episode was Rex really saying like you know it, it's not just that you're a risk; it's that you can't be yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, your choices matter. Who you want to be matters. Let's get you fixed so you can be who you want to be. Love it. Love it. Uh, it w- which might dovetail a little bit into the final thought I had of some of the big themes here of uh, what I'm, I touched on taking control of your path. Uh, we know the chips, it's been brought up crosshair, you know, uh, maybe doing this not, not all on his own, you know, that this, this the, the, the empire certainly uh, starting a habit of uh, wanting to take away uh, control your own personal agency and all mm-hmm. those, big things, those big themes. And so that's there, but I always, I looked at this episode again, so the chips there, they got to remove the chip overcoming what's inside you. There's some great lines about that. It's not something that you can control. What's in your head is more dangerous than you can imagine. But then, so take, take control of that even our, our, in our own lives, especially if you're facing something inside you, it's a perilous journey to do that. There is the line uh, of this is dangerous. I believe Omega says that. Uh, so I just really was moved by that, that sometimes to to, uh, you know, to, to to take on what's inside you, including anger, things you don't want to face. It, it's not going to be easy. You might have to be wrecker over a Dianoga trying to face everything that's inside. And, and I enjoyed that part of the story, too. Yeah, and to me that that's a part of the visual storytelling of, you know, Braca is, is a place of old broken things and salvage, but it's a 
dark place. There's the 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 water uh, suggests sort of the the ancient and the amniotic and the half remembered. Mm. It really has a feeling that is. It's not a a, a force journey, uh, but it has a feeling that is very similar to Luke going down and descending into the Dagobah cave and Ray descending into the mirror cave. It really had this whole episode really had a very ancient mythic uh, go into the darkness and face the horror so you can come out the other side. Totally. Yeah. Like Exegol. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And I think for, for me in terms of like big star Wars themes, mm-hmm. uh, you're right. Choice is what is, was hanging over uh, this whole uh, show, but I thought this was extra powerful. Uh, uh, we definitely kind of know it factually that, Order 66 is uh, Sidious, the, the Empire, just entirely taking away choice. Uh, yeah. But we really got to viscerally experience it because we've spent time with Wrecker. We, we like Wrecker. He's a, uh, he's a fun, goofy comedy character. So to see this absolute horror happen to this character who has also the potential to be uh, fun and lovable and goofy, right? And to see the horror of him saying good soldiers follow orders. Mm. I mean, that's just like... The subtext of that is uh, I am owned by Darth Sidious. You know, I am not myself anymore. I am a piece of property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and then followed up with like his apology to Omega saying, you know, I really tried. I just I couldn't make it stop. I felt like this episode really highlighted the horror of Order 66, but also the larger point of Sidious and the Empire trying to take choice and control uh, away from everybody else. And then the fact the episode was really uh, buttoned up by that conversation about Rex saying, hey, uh, Hunter, you can choose to uh, come help us. Uh, the Bad Batch, your squad would be really great. Uh, you don't need to choose. And Hunter's saying, or you do need to choose. And Hunter's saying, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still I'm still working, <laughs> working yeah. out what's best for us. But right now, Omega is my absolute priority. So making mm-hmm. this big, big choice while still uh, uh, wrestling with this big theme of choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned it like hangs over the episode. It, it's, it, it just hangs over star Wars. Doesn't it now? <laughs> <laughs> it really does. It really does. And sometimes it's just uh, like, you can kind of dive underneath and go, oh, yeah, that's what's really going on. And an episode like this makes it incredibly explicit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I also just thought under the general banner of choice, it was interesting to see, uh, that Rex doesn't even uh, appear to trust Echo with knowing Ahsoka is alive. Oh yeah, I was yeah yeah okay yeah. Uh, sorry, I got excited. Uh, I I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, what I felt was a lack of Rex and Echo uh, connection, and, and I don't mean that from a criticism. So I mean like in story, I was like, wow, they they we don't even we got a great uh, clink moment of drinks. So I'll uh, I'll put later in comedy and whimsy, but yeah, I didn't I I we didn't have a heart to heart. We didn't have anything. Mm-mm. No, I mean, uh, Echo is the first one who says Rex, you know, uh, mm-hmm. but it's Echo specifically saying like, okay, well, you know, if if you can't uh, control it when it happens, how did you get your chip to stop? And it, there's that kind of pregnant pause where Rex is like, well, I, I had some help, uh, you know, from the Jedi that you know, too, Echo. <laughs> you know, it was a real like, it felt like a choice of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I can't even trust my old friend Echo, the one that Rex risked everything on the possibility that he was still alive you know that Mm. there was that amount of intimacy uh and connection between them in season seven and 
there's a moment where I felt like we could see the the damage that Rex is under of like I can't mm-hmm. I can't not even echo. Yeah, oh, I love that. Uh, and, and you know, I'm not suggesting they they got heat. I, I yeah, it's, I'm I'm with you. Uh, it, it's uh, yeah, a lot of things at stake. And if you're around the galaxy by yourself, man, you know, you're gonna hold some cards to, oh, close to the chest. Yeah, I, yeah, and maybe it'll be like once the chips are out, we can chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But maybe not best uh, when we're going to remove chips to be like, you know, I know a living Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so any other uh, big themes that reflect the larger story and morality perspective of Star Wars? I mean, just connecting again, I mentioned just I, I love a lot of things. Just I don't want to say all roads lead to Rise of Skywalker. That'll get someone <laughs> throwing a shoe at me or something. But I just I, I, a lot of things pop to me and I, I pop a lot to that Lando stuff of, of we had each other. And just that's why the friendship thing popped for me, even in areas where it wasn't necessarily direct. You mentioned Rex kind of hiding the information, but also admitting he didn't do this alone. I, I and, and it's the stuff at the end with with what you said about Rex and the Republic, but also, that you know, we know he's he's plugged into something out there and, and that kind of and other people and other other, uh, you know, characters in the galaxy. That, that that's that's the ongoing theme and we, you just have to discover that you, and feel the comfort of knowing that you have each other and then you can do big things and so that runs all through star wars for me so there's that one and then i mentioned like luke standing over ben and last jedi confronting what, what's inside him just that that doesn't go away and that's why i think uh luke's journey in last jedi is, is powerful for me personally about just you know you don't always you know you might temporarily conquer your demons but you always you're always going to have it there you're always going to have to to choose to overcome some things and and that's why i took that from the chip and just to see that at play in star wars uh time and time again is uh it's um it's inspirational for me yeah absolutely that uh you once you defeat your demons uh eventually they're gonna they're gonna make another run at you <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sadly. uh i think for me this is exactly uh what you've been talking about i really uh connected with it on a larger level of um definitely connection uh but i think i was just thinking the word home because it was something i was so affected by from the first episode of the bad batch series that we got to see that that the bad batch we knew them as these uh colorful butt kicking badasses but then we saw that room on camino mm-hmm. and we saw that tradition of they come home from a mission and they mark it they're going through a journey together in one of the things that connects them is this feeling of returning home. And I felt like the Mantell mix was that, right? Mm-hmm. To the point where they even use the term tradition, right? Yeah. That like uh, Wrecker obviously is, you know, childlike and that is uh, fun and funny. But I think Wrecker is childlike in also being able to be uh, somewhat honest, not entirely honest, about what he needs and what he wants. And that, it's not just that the Mantel mix is fun and delicious. It's that tradition in a sense of home in a sense of familiarity uh, grounds you in feeling connected. Right. Mm-hmm. And I loved how much the Mantel mix was. This is how we mark the end of a mission because from Wrecker's perspective, I can't go home to my room on Camino and mark it on the wall. So now I mark it by eating this specific food with Omega and then the huge amount of comfort yeah. uh, that she gives to him by continuing that tradition. Yeah, I love that. No, I love it. It feels like oh, from this is almost silly, but like I think of sometimes when you're traveling in a and you're out in a hotel. By day two, I form a new tradition to feel comfortable in that hotel. 
Right. I've, exactly. I've <laughs> Yes, exactly. Uh, where you put your suitcase or whatever. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, I, I come in and I start that weird painting on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> I'm home. I'm home. Any other uh, thoughts before we take a break? Uh, no, but just uh, a, a lot at play in this episode, which is why I love that it was uh, way quieter than I would have expected. If you were to say Rex comes back, the chips go bad, Wrecker's chips go bad, or the chips are removed. They'd be like, wow, what a crazy. Did Tarkin show up? No, the Dolphins <laughs> kind of hung out and fought a monster and talked about it. <laughs> yep, yep. It, it was, in some ways, I think, an extra beautiful episode because there was a, a certain amount of simplicity while still, as you just uh, listed off, a lot happened. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll talk about some of the things that happened, action moments, comedy moments, fun, juicy canon moments, all that in just a moment. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. 
In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, Four Center friends, make sure you're keeping up to date on all the great content from Jennifer Landa. Whether it's YouTube, Instagram, or TikTok, you whippersnappers, Four Center's own Jennifer Landa continues to bring you fun, informative, and insightful laughs and moments. Also, Jennifer brings her experience and perspective as a Star Wars-loving mother to her DIY projects, blogs, and more. So be sure to head on over to JennyLanda.com. That's J-E-N-I-L-A-N-D-A.com for articles like how to make your own Darth Maul sneakers or 10 unique Star Wars baby gift ideas. Follow Jen on Twitter and Instagram at JenniferLanda and on TikTok as JenniferLanda1138. And we are back to finish our discussion of episode seven of Bad Batch Battle Scars. We are going to talk action moments. Ken, I am fascinated about how the tone of action changes throughout. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Bad Bat show. Some weeks it's like, oh, that was really cool action, but it was brutal, horrible, uh, basically murder. Uh, yeah. Well-directed. And then sometimes it'll be like, hey, this is fun. The baby Rancor and Wrecker punched each other out. Fun. Uh, and then kind of a, a mixed thing like this. If there is definitely some cool action, uh, but all extremely weighted by emotion. This was uh, Jennifer Corbett writing this episode. Sorry, is directing it. There's some really great moments and i'll start with one of my simple it's a simple favorite action moment for me is hunter taking out those ships in the opening sequence i have come to realize i am a sucker for gun turrets in star wars <laughs> i i don't know what it is uh, the, I, about it but i got like rise of skywalker finn when he gets into the falcon gun turrets and he's confident and he's like yeah i got this it's not force awakens but i was learning this I've got, and he takes out his ties. He's, I, I, I just love that stuff. So when Hunter's like, boom, 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 two sh- I just, I, I just, I just like that stuff. So there you go. I learned something new about myself. Yeah. You learned that you were a, a big gun turret fan. Look for the uh, photos of Ken's gun turret tattoos, right? Yes. Well, there was a, there was an old <laughs> game I played on the Commodore 64 called, I think it was Beachhead 2. And it was, you know, or, and there was, you had, you, there, you were fighting Nazi planes and you were on a ship and you had a gun turret. You had to move back and forth on a, with a joystick horrible animation obviously in like 84 <laughs> and i was not good at it and i think my obsession to get better at is why i like gun turrets there was a a bonus level on the that uh and not n64 gamecube uh rogue leader game uh that was just you were in the gun turret escaping uh the the death star and i played that so much so much pure gun turret action there you go uh, but I also do like that, you know, they are the stars of the show, so they are being put in jeopardy and mm-hmm. making mistakes and that. But it's a nice every once in a while to just see them uh, kick an ass, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me, my, my first favorite action moment was uh, crossing the cable, uh, partially just because <laughs> uh, it, it felt for just like a moment of like, oh, wow, uh, the Bad Batch is on Jedi Temple Challenge. <laughs> Keller Ann Beck comes out of the corner, <laughs> reads the Jedi oath, and there we go. It's oh, just great. great. Like, it's classic, you know, going back to uh, the first Star Wars film of the adventure of uh, swinging across a chasm on a rope. Yeah. It really had that just like, hey, this is adventure stuff. Um, yeah. 
and it's got heights and we know that Wrecker hates that uh, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of stuff going on but just the basic crossing the cable but it also just felt like I could see like uh, that's the new challenge if there's ever a season two of Jedi Temple Challenge can you cross the cable yeah. <laughs> in the destroyed Star Destroyer Venator class Jedi Cruiser uh, so that was the first one just just the actual act of crossing the cable yeah. uh, how about for you what, what were some other moments so uh, so funny This I, I hadn't had a chance to look it up until you, you clarified it was a die Dinoga, but I put Wrecker and the Sea Monster. Uh, great <laughs> poem. Uh, you should read it. Uh, that whole sequence was very effective to me. So it's not It's not new to Star Wars. Literally, literally now. Now it makes sense. Not new to Star Wars. I was like, oh, this is, like you said, Echoes of the, oh, okay. Now Joseph has told me it's the same sequence. But I mean that in a good way. Echoes of, of that. Uh, Lord of the Rings. Any fantasy. Sea Monster. Something coming out. Be careful of the water. Boom. Tentacles grab you. Not, not new in a way, but it was so effective. I'm calling this a triumph of, of, of friendship, this whole sequence here, which is why that friend theme made me pop for me. Just uh, you need to do this. And, and, and a great shot. Talk about everyone, how beautiful the show looks. It does, and it does. Every review is this just looks amazing. There's that one shot of just the rope in the water and all goes quiet and just the water sloshing. I, I couldn't believe his animation. Right. I, I, I'm going back to my Commodore 64 days, I guess, where it's like that looks so real. And it, therefore, it really built up the tension. That entire sequence, like I said, triumph and friendship and, and, and got me. Yeah, like water being one of the arch enemies of animation and being mm. like, we we have defeated that enemy. Yeah. <laughs> we shall prove it with this shot. Yeah, I really liked uh, Wrecker uh, versus the uh, Dianoga in particular because, yeah, it's, it's great pulp serial adventure. It's a great Star Wars tradition. And I think... Um, some uh, episodes of the uh, Clone Wars, uh, sometimes there's a, there's another challenge thrown in to just really keep that uh, adventure serial uh, thrill of uh, out of the fire, out of the frying pan into the fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, in, in episodes of Clone Wars and in this particular moment, it's really successful and really heightened when it's like loaded with subtext, right? Because... Mm-hmm. What happens in this little action moment is also what is at stake in the episode is uh, the darkness is trying to drag Wrecker under. And is that what will happen? So it's like, eh, that's great that you were uh, fighting with the Dianoga, but you were fighting with the subtext of the episode, Wrecker. (laughs) No, I love that. I love that. It's not a small thing you just brought up to me, too, because I I think sometimes if you if you just look at these episodes on the surface, it's like, oh, okay, that was a fun sequence. On to the next thing. Did that with that proof. And that's what's there. That kind of stuff. They're the big themes. Why why we talk about it. And I love that fighting with the subtext of the episode is a great way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. And now we, we're going to have so much fun canon thoughts about the Dianogas and where they live and what they look like. So great. Mind blown. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was anyway, I, I almost went off into uh, I wonder if there was enough water on uh, Lotho Minor uh, where mm. Maul lived with the spider legs. Did he have a Dianoga friend? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll get into it. Um, so uh, any other action moments uh, for you? Uh, obviously, there is the big action of, of yeah. uh, Wrecker loses control. Well, in those, there's a couple of moments I'll highlight. And we can just talk about the overall sequence and, and what you loved and, and then as well. Well, love's a weird word to say in the sequence, right? Exactly. Uh, effective. Uh, it's scary. The first moments of Wrecker losing it, ominous. The, the choking of tech and great music. And I think all through the week, I think, I think uh, Kevin Kiner has been tweeting out just like, oh, just scored the final episode of season one. Oh, my God, I'm crying at my own music. Like, and not bragging, but just like, this is 
stand by. And like Dave, David Collins, who's so good at the the soundtrack stuff and the score stuff, just uh, even had some stuff about this week. And I was like, I was always so like, what is going to happen? Dear God. Like I even <laughs> thought, I was like, is Wrecker going to die? Like his head going to explode? I was, I, w- I was pulled in. So that when he, when he first, the, the chip goes off and, and he chokes Rex, starts choking record. It's great. It's, 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 it's really scary. It is a bit of a, horror vibe as well uh, in that. And then in that too, uh, just a heartbreaking moment for me is when Omega fires the first shot at Wrecker, you know, missing because of intention and you cut back to her again, the directing on that, it, it just broke my heart. Cause you know, you're, you're flashing back to the, you know, Mantel mix <laughs> carnival food. And he, she, she, she knew she had to do that. And what a big step for her, but what important it, it was, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, that's a, a real moment about choice too, right? Because Hunter gave her very direct orders to stay out of it and to stay mm-hmm. in the room with Tech, you know. Mm-hmm. And she made that choice of like, no, I'm, I'm, I gotta try to help, uh, as she always does. But then that specific shot is a, a real match for that direct shot I like of uh, that long dark hallway with just a little bit of light thrown on Omega. You know, as one of those moments that for me really did make it this sort of emotional tone poem about. Um, about loss and darkness, uh, but this little mm. bit of hope as well. And she's, she's in this little shaft of light yeah. uh, in that cool action moment, uh, doing this terrifying thing that she needs to do. Absolutely great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really loved uh, the initial moment that, uh, of, of Wrecker finally breaking. And, you know, obviously uh, it's almost comic, the amount of uh, <laughs> head bashing he goes through, right? Yeah, uh, right, yeah. And, and, and that keeps making it worse. So, there's a great switch up there of like, is Wrecker going to hit his head one more time? And then that's going to be it. And I loved the contrast. It, it made the action pop even more for me that it's this uh, accidentally unguarded conversation mm. between uh, uh, Rex and Hunter about experiencing Order 66 and uh, and Hunter reviewing what happened in the first episode of like, right. yeah, no, we couldn't save the general, but we saved that to Padawan. And like, it's like almost hearing those words is what breaks Wrecker. Yeah. yeah. To make it switch of like, yep, the people I'm with saved a Jedi kid. Mm. Uh, and then the the choke of, of tech is definitely uh, one I wanted to bring up because I love tech and it was hard to see him choked yeah. <laughs> and thrown against the wall. Uh, but the other action moment that I really uh, enjoyed, <laughs> again, appreciated, I think that's better, yeah. is uh, even in this... Uh, horrible his choice taken away extra violent wrecker moments uh he still follows his instinct uh to throw one of the people he's fighting at another one of the people he's fighting (laughs) particularly effective uh when he uh throws echo into rex's stun beam and then cracks you know rex in the head is uh, a great moment he's got skills he's got a skill set he knows how to use it all yeah, yeah. And and I thought a uh, final action moment for me is I thought it was great that it was Rex who did manage to stun him. Yeah, okay, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Good yeah, point. because it, it Rex really came here to do this, to make sure that no other horrors happened because of Order 66, right? So right. Right. the fact that, you know, that's got to be a little healing for Rex's soul that Wrecker was probably about to kill Omega. It's all, like awful to even say that sentence out loud, but that's... Mm-hmm the horror of what was at stake in this episode. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and Rex stopped that horror from happening is, uh, it makes me feel good for, uh, for Rex's healing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I like that. Re- Any other action moments for you? Uh, no, just overall the big, that big sequence, it was, uh, like so, so well done. Uh, the, the little horror sequence, but just, 
uh, going up top to what you said of just with with it being Omega, with it being the focus, and uh, that 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 uh, was a great choice. And uh, you know, I don't know this episode sometimes maybe might not have great repeat value for me personally. Like, okay, mm-hmm. great, this is great, but I, this sequence, and I, I might go back to this one and revisit it a few times if I'm watching stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, for me, uh, my wife uh, hasn't uh, watched uh, Bad Batch yet, so we're gonna save it up, uh, and I'm really looking forward at uh, seeing this episode fresh through her eyes, right? Uh, uh, and she's she's a Star Wars fan, but not, you know, to that same, like, ooh, they referenced this, does that mean this character's gonna show up? <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. will Fennec Shan tie into Book of Boba Like, and she will experience this purely emotionally. And I think that's the best way to experience this episode. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right, let's move on then to moments of comedy, whimsy and weirdness. Even in a very dark, scary episode, there were plenty of moments of whimsy. Uh, what do you got on your list, Ken? Look, man, uh, first of all, in terms of uh, the whimsy, the cute, the endearing Omega naming the lizard, uh, Ru- Ruby, right? You said Ruby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, love that. Again, I am personally a fan of uh, lizards, iguanas, uh, reptiles of that nature. Snakes, eh, not so much can do, uh, but a good uh, a good lizard I love. So I, I thought that was wonderful. And just even record, you name me. Like, it's just, they're, they're, that's why this episode was so effective. They're, they're, uh, older brother, younger sister relationship uh, is uh, just, I just love it every week. So that worked for me. But to immediately go to Sid, I, I the couple Sid lines of, uh, that is one strange looking lizard. It's just, Made me laugh. Um, <laughs> but even when she comes back with uh, when Hunter's kind of, you know, this is all we get for credits. And, and what what do we, uh, what, you know, what have you done for us? And she says, you're breathing, aren't you? Pretty generous <laughs> considering what you owe me. This was the moment that I really, really just am thankful that we don't just have a character that popped in and we go, oh, remember the one time Rhea Perlman came in and read a couple lines for Star? No, Rhea Perlman is in Star Wars and it's great. You know, yeah. Sid, Sid's a little, you know, maybe she'll get some comeuppance. Maybe she's just got a heart of gold that hasn't really fully emerged yet. I don't know. But this month I was like, this, this is Carla. <laughs> and I love, <laughs> love the Star Wars. Yes. I've been watching some old episodes of Cheers and it is really great uh, to see uh, Carla and Sid uh, both uh, <laughs> working the, the, the absolute uh, power of that sharp tongue and sharp wit. Uh, man, the, uh, you're breathing, aren't you? Was uh, great comedy because it's dark comedy, which I sometimes like. Of like, she's being pretty honest. Of like, that's like one of those moments that really connected her flippant attitude about the about Ruby the lizard too. If we get the humanizing of calling it Ruby, and then like she's, I don't know, maybe it's a pet, maybe they're gonna eat it. I don't give a damn. Yeah. And then re- kind of reminding the Bad Batch, like, remember, uh, you're a bunch of lizards to me. <laughs> you have a financial value right now. You're breathing. And uh, I could stop that. Yeah. 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 So good, funny and scary stuff from from Sid. Uh, and that is one strange looking lizard is a good, uh, just a nice, straightforward joke. Well delivered. Um, <laughs> for me, I think uh, one of the first moments is the Mantel mix. Uh, mm-hmm. It was just the, the whole idea of it, but specifically coming at the end of that list. Yeah. I, like we were talking about last week, I, I, the comedy is really effective for me when you feel like, ah, it's it's one joke and I get it. And then, whoops, no, we're kind of turning and doing another joke uh, on top of that first joke. And mm-hmm. I liked that it was kind of this fun joke of, um, of Sid basically just 
you know, uh, like a, a, a dubious uh, car salesperson just adding on weird taxes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to what what they uh, what they owe her, and then you know, Hunter being kind of annoyed and upset about that, and then Mantel Mix being that joke of like. 20 carton what the hell are you even talking about <laughs> <laughs> and then leading to the cut of seeing uh omega and wrecker and uh wrecker's uh childlike uh, mm. i don't know uh put it on sid's tab <laughs> <laughs> also a good way to communicate that they've been doing lots of adventures right or, yeah. or missions that uh yeah. oh yeah you get that at the top that they've been doing this for a little while now but like if uh this tradition is 20 cartons of Mantel mixed deep. That's a decent amount of missions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely the, the, the bit of, bit of that time jump up top. Right. And I, I was, I was kind of like, uh, are they running? Like, you know, is this picking up for them last week's and it's like, no, I, I like to have a little bit of space. That's goes good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, what were some other uh, moments for you? Uh, great exchange with the uh, tech. That's not our ugly side. What was that goggles? Like uh, goggles will never not make me laugh. Uh, love that. Uh, I but so I love it. I, I I always forget to write down the two uh, bar patrons uh, there, the the Weequay and the uh, Ithorian there. But uh, uh, Bolo and Catch. Thank you, because they are in the credits. Uh, Bolo and Catch. Uh, I love when uh, is it is it Catch that is the Weequay? Is he the, yes? Okay. Uh, that is the, I that to the best of my googling, uh, there's a a voice acting credit that claims uh, mm-hmm. Bolo is the Ithorian. Perfect. Okay. I apologize to uh, Bolo and Ketch for not clarifying this writing down before the show. <laughs> uh, when Ketch says uh, when they're when they're when, when they're confronting um, Rex, which by the way, uh, hey, that's my seat. I was like, we are definitely in Cheers. Uh, <laughs> great moments. Hi, I'm so and so. What's what do you do? Uh, I'm Norm. I sit there. One of my I'm paraphrasing, but one of my great uh, Cheers favorite moments there. Um, I love what he's like. Oh, he's ignoring you as if like. I just got it. just about <laughs> dumb. Uh, awesome. Less intelligent people thinking they're in control sometimes makes me laugh. Uh, it's a Steve Martin school of uh, I'm pompous, but I'm clueless to how bad I am. I just love the oh, he's ignoring you. That's what he's doing. Yeah, I like the idea that maybe Bolo and Ketch can intimidate uh, some people who come into this uh, sketchy bar, uh, but they do not understand that they are playing with another level here, right? This isn't just some like a tipsy Rodian (laughs) under a hood that they can push around like, oh, you are so far out of your league, Bolo and Ketch. Loved it. Yeah, great stuff. Uh, For me, a couple other uh, good tech lines, uh, love tech. I liked when they got to the medical bay uh, on the Jedi cruiser and uh, tech sees uh, what the subtitles just call rat. Uh, I'll call it a space rat uh, climbing through the the medical bay. He says, I would no longer call this medical bay a sterile environment. <laughs> it's rat with apostrophe, right? Just R-P-A-T. Come on. It's- yeah, it's two like the band. Two T's <laughs> like the band. Rat. Like the band rat is in this medical bay. LA Guns, George Lynch and the Lynch Mob and Rats all featured. <laughs> yeah, and it just it's continuing like with his uh it's such a great um continuation of not just the tech genius because you you could have the tech genius who mm-hmm. doesn't really understand emotions, who is just into numbers and needs everything on a spreadsheet. Like that's a part of his character, but also he's just like he's fastidious like you know he's he's the guy who just like ooh, uh i gotta dust every seat before i sit down right. <laughs> and like that with him being like uh 
sort of disgusted by uh, by the bar on Ord Mantell, it goes along with that of like, ooh, no, this is not a sterile environment. It seems less like he's concerned about the safety of it yeah. and more that he's like, this is gross, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you obviously love Tech so much with such good reason. We highlight Tech every week because he's just one of the standout characters. But I, I just, we to, to drive the point home again, this could, you could handle this so, so bad. If it was a CBS sitcom, with the laugh track, this would be a bad low hanging fruit joke about uh, character traits or who he is, uh, you know, all those kind of things. Tech is so good as a character. It all, co- the comedy just comes from such truth. I yeah. really, really celebrate every week. Yeah. In, uh, the, my final, final line, I'll kick it back to you is another tech one that I didn't, I was so invested in the emotion of the show. I didn't even really process it as a funny line, but it made me laugh out loud. Uh, the second time I watched the episode is there is, that montage of waiting and you know omega refuses to leave until they see if uh, record's going to be okay if his vitals are going to stabilize and when they do tech just entirely undercuts it with his delivery of oh you made it right (laughs) like it's a science experiment yes it's great (laughs) yeah so that's it for me. What other moments of uh, uh, comedy or whimsy you got? Yeah, a couple. I mentioned up top, but the the Rex and the and the Echo drink clink, which again, there's a connection, there's a friendship there. I'm just intrigued by what Rex wasn't saying, as as you were as well. But I love that moment. You know, you and I are hotel lobby bar guys. We'll clink drinks, and I love it there. Clink, clink, indeed. But I, I um, especially coming out of the pandemic, as as we're getting there, I've been in a couple of situations lately where just like looking across at a friend and like. Five minutes into the conversation, suddenly we're like, yeah, clink a drink. We're here. <laughs> and yeah, I had that vibe of they had seen each other in a bit. They've gone through some stuff and uh, talking, talking, talking. Hey, man, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, clink, clink. I, I just love that. Yeah, you know, I did. Uh, I forgot to write it down, but I did like the whole vibe of that scene mm-hmm. of, you know, I love the bar aesthetic. I love that, you know, Sid, Rhea Perlman has got, she's in her weird, uh, dank space cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's even underground. Right. Um, but there was also a vibe that, uh, Bad Batch and, uh, and Rex are like, yeah, that that's, they're not just having one drink. Like they're mm-hmm. drinking, you know, mm-hmm. uh, no G apostrophe. There's where the apostrophe is this episode. They're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, uh, and like there's those these little reminders of like we're soldiers, you know, and we, we do missions and, and we're great at tactics. And uh, at the end of a mission, we drink. <laughs> it, I'll tell you what, if, if at the end of the uh, Sid run, it's revealed that there's a Melville's restaurant above her bar here. We get the full <laughs> cheers aesthetic going. And I, I would love that. I would love that. That, that will be the happy end is uh, after <laughs> the end of the uh, Galactic Civil War. The Bad Batch yeah. opens up a nice seafood restaurant. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Serving Dianoga. Uh, any other moments for you? Uh, yeah, just uh, the um, Omega has, uh, she's so great too, obviously, but just uh, when Tech's going off about the uh, chip uh, chip uh, finder Tech he's working on, and, and she goes, he means it's almost finished. I just, she's <laughs> so darn cute and endearing, but just it works really well. And the last handful of Mantel Mix, after all we've been to been through and it's to bring back some, uh, you know, basically popcorn, little, little popcorn mix, gourmet popcorn there. Uh, I just thought it was, it was really effective, really sweet. And after the darkness we went through it, it, it helped uh, send us uh, forward with a nice tone. Absolutely. And you know what, it, that, that's a great moment to highlight too, be for the delivery of, uh, of the actor portraying Omega, Michelle Ang, I believe, or, um, that, 
and, and the people editing this, like, I wonder how many, mm, 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 uh, <laughs> that actor recorded, yeah. but it was, it was so real. Cause it wasn't just, mm, this is tasty. It was like, she discovered a flavor in the Mantel mix that she hadn't had before. Like, mm, interesting. <laughs> it's like any, anytime I try a new flavor of uh, white claw, like, Oh, mango peaches. Mm, great. Mm, I can really taste the end cream. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> All right, let's get into some uh, canon and lore connections. Uh, uh, there, I don't think there was uh, as much different things, but the things that were there were kind of rich, right? Um, yeah. uh, let's just start with Rex, uh, because this is uh, Rex close to, uh, uh, generally close timeline to uh, when we saw him in season seven, uh, complete with a visible cut on his head where his inhibitor chip uh, mm -hmm. was removed. And then Rex in this episode, it all works emotionally, but he's a machine of direct references yeah. <laughs> to previous appearances and relationships. Did you enjoy that in general, that it wasn't just Rex, it was Rex really uh, dropping references to, to many moments of his, uh, of his storied career. Yeah. Yeah. Rex was a little bit of the clone wars report here on force center. Uh, <laughs> new episodes coming after the bad batch reps. Uh, yeah. Just, I, I put for this, I just put season seven of clone wars and of course fives and the previous chip arc. And, and it just, like I said, direct mention because tech didn't get the super Wikipedia moments this time around. Like he's gotten past. Um, <laughs> I was expecting him to be, you know, Braca five years from now, Cal Kestis will be, <laughs> um, but yeah, I love the, yeah, Rex and, and, and look at it. And it's, uh, it's playing with the uh, star Wars playing with its own lore, I guess. And it, it's, it's inside baseball, but it, they, they always present it in a way where you just don't need to know. You don't need to know. And fives is a little more direct and maybe you'll seek it out if you don't know, but you know, I think it's okay for them to just be like, if you're watching bad batch, this is a little different than Mandalorian. You're probably already familiar. Yeah. And even if you aren't fives tried to warn me and that's a fun, like, Ooh, I'm into these clones yeah. now. And I wasn't before, let me go look up that arc and, and you'll get a lot of gratifying things in that arc that really, cause it's so about clone culture going to that clone bar, you know? Yeah. Um, that there's a lot there, but that was one of those, like, that was so uh, both gratifying and painful. The fives tried to warn me cause you know, that's gotta be going through his head, right. Of, mm -hmm. oh, if I had listened to fives, what would have been different? Or, or if I had believed, cause he did listen. It's just that right. he believed the, the lie that mm -hmm. something else was wrong with fives, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, does everything, uh, track for you? with Rex between season seven Clone Wars. Obviously he's coming off of that and we're, we're seeing how he's haunted. Uh, but then I haven't gone back and rewatched uh, uh, his early appearances in Rebels, but it does feel like this is the kind of thing that people might get hung up on that, uh, that we, we've now seen in season seven that he really did need help with his inhibitor chip. He didn't just uh, resist it. He it seems to be actively working mm -hmm. uh, with a young uh, rebel cell uh, but then by the time we meet him in Rebels, he seems a little retired and needs to be brought back into the fold. And mm -hmm. uh, I know people during season seven of Clone Wars were concerned that he he kind of said, uh, I resisted the mm -hmm. uh, the inhibitor chip. So I just wanted to check in with you about how you're feeling about the tracking all of the different uh, beats of uh, Rex through the years. I think I think it's working. And there, yeah, there might be some blurry edges on it, particularly that stuff in Rebels. Uh, but nothing that knocks, uh, you know, knocks me off uh, the hill of enjoyment here. But I, I, I even had the thought because I mentioned just season seven of Clone Wars. We're not so we're not so far removed from season seven of Clone Wars. You're right. There's some time passed. We don't know how many missions are on roughly 20 or so. You would say like 
you know, it's enough time to be like, where were you? But if you weren't super familiar with it, you'd be like, oh, this guy's been gone for like five years. Uh, if you weren't f- familiar with the timeline. So I, yeah, blurry edges in a way, but I, it's always, I'm excited to me where I'm sitting right now, something happens that sends him and the other clones out and about and away from it all. Yeah, I think so too. He's very actively involved. Mm-hmm. And I think at some point he uh, retires with a uh, Wolf and Gregor, right? Yep. You know? Yeah, uh, and and I think there's even we'll talk about it in a, in a moment. I think there's even a possibility of uh, of some reference to mm-hmm. maybe maybe some of that, but uh, we'll see. Um, I did like uh, that his uh, Y wing uh, was in the background uh, with blue stripes and all. Uh, also, just a, a visual follow up from uh, where we left him at the end of season seven of Clone Wars, and uh, I was happy to see it kind of. They they didn't uh, highlight it or nobody did a Wikipedia entry, but it all tracks with just visual information we're given at the end of season seven mm-hmm. uh, that he had that Y wing and the broken remains of R seven A seven, and he clearly is working with both those things. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah, like uh, yeah. And last big thing I wanted to talk to you about with Rex is, you know, are you having fun? Fun speculation about who all he's working with. You know, it was the uh, another kind of not cloaked figure uh, like he literally was uh, last week, but the, we didn't see or hear who he's talking to when he's saying, I'm going to rendezvous with you at the next rotation. Uh, there are others out there. Obviously he's got a connection to trace and Rafa. Do you have fun speculation about oh, what all is Rex's early rebellion cell? I, I think there's some, I think there could be an all-star list of, of possible names and even ones that you wouldn't expect. I don't know. Rat, throw Radis, Dodonna, Rykan, <laughs> any of the people that uh, we know and love all through the Star Wars galaxy. I I think it could be, I you know, I, I don't, the Ahsoka of it all, I, I, I don't, I, there's got to be some separation, right? I mean, there's got to be, they, they don't really, again, something happens, they don't really see each other until... Uh, Rebels, right? It's been a bit since so some of the details are blurry in my own brain, uh, which is why I'm just kind of enjoying it play out in front of me. But no, I don't have the big predictions. Uh, Wolf Gregor, any of the, any other clones, uh, new characters we haven't met, uh, Saw Guerrera, even though we've already spoken to Saw. Uh, yeah, any of those could work uh, in addition to, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, Trace and Rafa. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, you know, because the timeline is, I think, open to interpretation unless there's something you know i missed mm-hmm. and, and i think that has generally been the storytelling ethos of uh, we'll lock in a date if we need to otherwise things are a little fluid right. and things can connect so there is a part of me that that feels like you know in the ahsoka novel she spoilers for the ahsoka novel mm-hmm. ahsoka eventually does meet up with bail right correct and there is a part of me is like, is this is this Bale's cell that's kind of put together through Ahsoka? And that's part of the reason Rex is being so guarded, uh, mm-hmm. but also part of the reason that he's like, the Republic's not gone. This man right. I respect, Bale Organa, is still working from the inside. And, you know, right. we have these common points of connection. I, I, I uh... Yeah, I, I think I'm just so rooting for so I, I just so rooting for Bale for more Bale. And and uh, maybe even going far as seeing some uh, some Rehorgana. like yeah I, I I'm root, I root for that almost any time. Yeah yeah either that or Quinlan Voss it's all Quinlan Voss all oh, Quinlan Voss. Yeah yeah but I just I I kind of hope for a little bit of a uh, and I don't know if it would feature uh, ever in Bad Batch but yeah a little bit of the uh, the Bale and Ahsoka and in Rex mm-hmm. there's something in, in that that Rex is like. Um, he's not entirely isolated from everything and everyone he knew that there is hope mm-hmm. that the old way can return. Can, can turn. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. 
any other Rex thoughts? Uh, uh, the big, I, I, I just, I do enjoy what Rex became from the Clone Wars series to now where not only just popular, but he's, he's super valuable to the story and has, has, uh, the, the battle scars indeed. And even uh, the lines in his face, as we now, uh, have Omega pointing out, uh, I, there's a certain sense of home for me now when Rex comes, comes up and, and I'm just saying to myself as someone who, you know, was there with the Clone Wars early enough, but hadn't movie and all those kind of things to see where Rex, we talk about Ahsoka and where Ahsoka started, which was in a far worse place is just the fandom rejecting the character and, and just where she is now. I think Rex, I think you could say that about Rex a little bit as well. Just here we are now with, with him being a, a standby, a venerable character that shows up to bring a sense of calm, peace and purpose. Absolutely. And it is that I had that weird experience of like, yeah, Rex. Yeah. Listen to Rex's distinctive voice. Wait, <laughs> Uh, wow, this is this is amazing because even like Rex and Hunter are you know pretty similar. You know, Tech and and uh, Wrecker are two examples of like more extreme variations and even Crosshair. And Rex and, and Hunter could potentially be very similar, but like no, those are two distinct clones talking to each other, and that's Rex, right? Great, yeah. great stuff. Uh, a couple other just kind of fun things for me. Of I, I liked uh, Tech's one uh, kind of Wikipedia moment, uh, not quite, uh, but saying to Rex that. Uh, he has been successful at keeping a low prof- profile because Imperial Files have you listed as killed in action. Mm-hmm. That was a great confirmation, right? Yes. Of kind of the, the final moment of Clone Wars, of yep. uh, Vader and all those snow troopers uh, finding the crashed ship and uh, Vader finding Ahsoka's blade and all of those helmets uh, and the assumption that, nope, they're dead. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and then Rex uh, also says very few clones were immune to the effects of Order 66, which seems yeah. to uh, confirm that some were immune, uh, which is maybe uh, gives us our cut Laquane answer. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was uh, that was real. He, he kind of just slipped that in there, didn't he? <laughs> he did. Yes. You know, he could have said like uh, Gregor, not Wolf. I had to rescue him, you know. Yeah, 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 right. Or just the idea that there's some Jedi we've really yet to meet who turns around and a couple of the clones are like, <clears throat> sorry, heartburn. <laughs> I don't know, just felt weird. Let's go, let's continue. Order 66, is that, uh, that is that a deli order, Palpatine? Yeah, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? But I love that. I love that there's some just like, yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. yeah. For whatever reason. And we, we had a long conversation on one of our recent uh, News and Cues episodes because uh, mm-hmm. somebody asked that question of like, why didn't it work on uncut and you know yeah. maybe there's uh something to it or maybe just uh, hey some chips are defective what are you gonna do they're like dishwashers sometimes yeah. they're lemons love, love it love it all right moving on then uh braca uh yeah. is a great planet to have pop up right mm-hmm. uh, uh this was it. technically introduced in the book resistance reborn because it came out uh right before uh the video game jedi fallen order uh, if anybody's mm-hmm. not caught up uh resistance reborn uh, set between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker, uh, Leia sends Shriv yeah. <laughs> from the video game Battlefront 2 uh, and a crew to Bracca uh, to this salvage planet, uh, and they successfully get some X-Wings to rebuild uh, the the fleet of the Resistance. And then, of course, if you haven't played the video game Jedi Fallen Order, uh, this is where Cal Kestis lives. This is yeah. where he crashed, right? And we get to... Uh, uh, basically, there when you were when the Bad Batch was uh, climbing one of those thin beams, I was like, I've done that on Bracca. <laughs> yes, there was absolutely. Uh, so, what were your thoughts on on going to Bracca? Oh, I loved it. I loved it. And and, and uh, this is uh, it's interesting. I, I always talk about what what is new suddenly becomes old and familiar, and and what you questioned. Uh, not that I questioned Bracca, but just uh, 
you know, fallen order, some new planet. What is this? And now you're, now you just, it's, you get a warm, cozy feeling. And, and I, what I did at the conclusion of the first episode, as I was trying to fall asleep, like one in the morning, I, I went to Wikipedia and looked up Braca and like, which reminded myself what was there. And, you know, there was the uh, Star Destroyer, or excuse me, well, not Star, well, eventually it could be considered Star Destroyers, but the Jedi cruiser that the, they were on and everything just, it's, it's, it's just fun. And I just love, uh, I love the connections uh, to new things and now it just seems so warm and cozy and familiar. Yeah. Yeah. That the, the, yeah, that, uh, Joe Topol's, uh, and yeah. Cal's master, uh, their, their ship crashed on Braca. So yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, mysteries abound. Yeah. I just also like that, you know, I, there can be this conversation often about, you know, what is too connected, what is, uh, not connected enough. And this is one of those moments of this feels pretty connected, uh, for me. This is from a book, Mm-hmm. Uh, that features video game characters and also from a video game. So there's like right. lots of emotional reaction. I think for me, um, I did have that moment of, I have felt like in general that Wrecker's chip going off is going to be exactly what it ended up being of, of he uh, attacks his own because they are traitors who aren't following Order 66. But when we went to Braca, there was like, is he going to try to murder <laughs> a very young Cal Kestis? I, yes. I had some of those. Uh, I, had, I, I had that vision of just a little kid popping out and going, hi, I'm Cal. <laughs> just go. <"Whoa." laughs> yeah. 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 Who knows? Maybe there'll be some connection later. Uh, but it definitely did bring that tension to my mind. And it did. Uh, it, it wasn't like a damaging distraction, but it was it definitely made me question what was going to happen in the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Moving along. Uh, I like this one specific line. I wanted to highlight that uh, Omega doesn't have an inhibitor chip. Um and I think that was a nice line uh, to just remind her that there is still a mystery of what exactly her purpose is. Why did the Kaminoans uh, create her? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's definitely some intrigue that I mean, that's been building, but it just even for just Rex's reaction, not, I'm going to say ominous, but just, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, she's a clone, huh? Hmm. Mm. What is the deal with her? Yeah. Well, that's the deal. Yeah, totally. <laughs> exactly. Uh, final thing for me is in that opening chase, uh, very classic to have a broken uh, hyperspace drive, right? Uh, yes. Uh, it, I, yeah, good to point that out. Uh, we, we do a super cut of just all the hyperdrives <laughs> being fixed to the last moment, which I'm totally fine with. Okay, talk about yeah. the missions. Yeah. Uh, that's what I had. Do you have anything else for canon lore? No, it was, yeah, it wasn't. A, what was there was pretty big uh, and and intriguing and, and and all those things, but uh, it wasn't like a laundry list of things in the background. Yeah, I mean, this list could be uh, much longer if we wanted to grab every evocative sentence Rex said. The uh, I don't want to bury uh, you know any more of our brothers, you know, in knowing like he means that literally. He physically did that, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. another painful moment from Rex. Well, I mean, it, you know, it. it you and I doing the Clones Report, like I'm probably not going to rewatch season seven until we get to it. But I, I got to tell you, like I was like, I might have to fire some of that stuff up. Just it just made me think about it a lot. Yeah, no, and, and to watch it with this episode uh, is a direct sequel would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, was there anything that you disliked or questioned in this episode? Uh, nothing in terms of story or anything. I just, I just, this one thing that's growing that I have a, a question about is. We gonna get Omega some armor, or at least some more armor. She got the nice little communication device, right? She got a weapon. I just, I think it might be responsible to at least uh, get her a baseball cap, something. <laughs> they're full armor, they're full mech, and she's there like, ah, I'm just out playing. Get, get her a shield or something. She is the most important thing to us. Will you give her some armor? No, 
Uh, yeah, no, I, I think there's almost, there's, uh, almost like this video game storytelling of like, oh, well, she's only beat the first temple, so she has her signature <laughs> weapon, but she needs to beat the second temple before she gets her armor tunic, you know? Yeah. 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 Again, <laughs> this isn't a, like, ah, I'm going to make a video about it. I just like every week, uh, just, you know, let's, you're right. Valuable asset. Uh, I don't know. Uh, face mask on something, something. Yeah. Gloves. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you're, I think you're onto something. I think that that might be one of the next evolutions because I love, I love that crossbow is mm -hmm. that's hers. It's great. a bit of her identity and like, mm -hmm. what else is she going to find and pick up? You know? Yeah. It's great. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think for me, this is, uh, I didn't dislike or question anything about the episode except for one of my small hopes was, was lightly dashed, uh, that the appearance of Rex would bring us a uh, more echo focus. Uh, that was not the focus of this episode. Yeah. Um, and it's not a, it's not a criticism of this episode cause I don't like criticizing things uh, from the perspective of other things should have been there. I want to enjoy what was there, yeah. but I am still left wanting an episode that brings us a little bit more focus uh, on Echo himself. Yeah, I, I feel I feel we're gonna get that. It just seems weird to not have that. But I mean, also, uh, you know, you know, Crosshair's still coming. I, I think he's part of the crew that's probably gonna be contacted or at least sent out. Uh, you know, that makes some sense for me. Like we're building towards something. This had a little bit of calm before the storm episode uh, vibe to it. But I, I hope we don't get too far down the road without uh, really uh, having some quality time with uh, clinking a drink with Echo. Yeah, let's clink some more Echo drinks. <laughs> I agree with that, uh, which is a great segue into talking about hopes for the next episode or two. What are you wanting, Ken, for the next few episodes? Yeah, I do. I I, I do want to not build like uh, I, I've been loving these last couple weeks with these um, episodes that are they're just really adding to so, so much just emotional depth to the series and everything so uh, so happy with what's going on but i'm uh i'm looking around going it is um, ec a crosshairs presence by his absence is just growing and growing and growing the fact that he's not there is a little mentioned this week but uh, i just think with a scrapper guild to go and contact the empire uh you know who, who are you gonna send who are you gonna call ghostbusters no you're gonna call crosshair yeah, and I think uh, that there is some delicious ambiguity about who all wants the Bad Batch for what and why. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I feel like uh, the setup uh, with uh, was Vice Admiral Rampart, right, it mm -hmm. is uh, Crosshair is his tool, right? Yep. Um, and the Empire's perspective is uh, wipe them out. Uh, they're a threat. Um, mm -hmm. But the Kaminoans, uh, with that little discreet uh, scene where they were staring at their their empty <laughs> mess hall table, mm -hmm. seems like they need at least one of them uh, for whatever advancement and cloning that they're going to make in order to try to keep their deal with the Empire. So I'm I'm kind of wondering if uh, we're going to get a little bit of a, a Blues Brothers episode uh, <laughs> where the you know the different factions who want the Bad Batch for different reasons the. Uh, yeah. The sort of analogy that I've been making with Ruby, uh, there's going to be the people who want them as a pet and people who want them as a stew. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it'd be interesting if, you know, Crosshair is on them uh, for the really horrible uh, reason to kill them all. Yeah. And if Fennec Shand has been hired by the Kaminoans mm -hmm. to bring one of them back alive, you know, yeah. th that that could be a fun uh, three way battle. I think we're uh, the Blues Brothers ending is a good call, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think for sure we're heading towards uh, some situations that are going to push Hunter uh, to make a decision, right? Because he, mm -hmm. made, he made part of a decision at the end of this episode of like, no, Omega and keeping her safe 
is uh, is our priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, and keeping keeping the squad together and safe is is my mission as the leader. But there's still that decision of well, I'm not really happy being Sid's mercenaries uh, and not sure if we want to get involved in this you know rebellion. Uh, but that decision is going to need to be made. So whatever happens, I think is going to put some good pressure on forcing Hunter and the rest to make that decision. Yeah. And, and just for me to sum up, you just said, I, I really, really want to feel the pressure. That's a great way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Just like you, uh, option A or option B, it, it's got to be one of them. You can't put it off. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, and then I think I'm just going to say this uh, every week until it happens. How long until Hondo? Yes. <laughs> The question that's ringing in my soul, how long until Hondo? Uh, Is there anything that we have not talked about that you wanted to touch on, Ken? Uh, No, I just always wanted, I did want to highlight the music we did uh, and uh, that Rex Echo stuff, we we did discuss it too. That's the notes ad in this section, want to make sure I touched on. So we touched on it and uh, all good. Yeah, ton of great music. Uh, only other thing for me is uh, the the technical accomplishments of Bad Batch are really being praised, and I think that's great. Uh, a thing that I didn't uh, pick up when I watched it on my television, but I did when I watched it uh, on my computer with the uh, earphones in, mm-hmm. is that great sound design and sound mix uh, for uh, Bolo, the belligerent Athorian, uh, when he's uh, picking an unwise fight with Rex, uh, I noticed that you know, those, the tech seems to be on his, uh, head, neck, mm-hmm. back hump, uh, <laughs> seems to be like translation and you can hear that great, yes. odd, breathy, weird, authorian, uh, actual language voice underneath just a little bit. It's so funny. I, I don't generally, uh, generally don't, don't watch the show with headphones on, but last night I, uh, Grace was doing yoga in the living room at midnight and I was watching Star Wars and she asked me with headphones on and I heard that. And I think that was a great, that's a great point. A really wonderful detail. Yeah, absolute uh, beautiful detail, beautiful work from everyone involved in Bad Batch. As always, we wrap up our Bad Batch Report episodes by talking about toys. Ken, if you could have a figure or a toy of any kind uh, based on this episode, who or what do you want? I got three choices. I hope I don't steal any from you, sir. Uh, I just I just scanned. I, I keep uh, the episode notes. I just scanned. I haven't listed this one before. I do want Sid's necklace to be available. Uh, it's kind of a, you know, it's a, it's a grizzled weirdo, old grandma necklace, pearl necklace kind of thing going on. I, if we could get that for sale at Galaxy's Edge at Doc Ondor's uh, uh, trading post there, I, th- I think that would be a hot seller. I really do. Yes. Uh, I guess not Rhea Perlman, Rhea Pearl Lizard now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some vibe uh, while you're shopping there. Uh, I want to get that, uh, I'm calling the uh, Strider from Lord of the Rings Rex cape that we got there at the at the bar. Just kind of hiding <laughs> in the corner waiting for the hobbits to show up. Uh, I, I really like that one. Oh, that's a great pull. Absolutely. Yeah, we absolutely need a caped, cloaked uh, Rex. I love how bulky it is. Like, I got my whole armor on under here. Yeah, there's some pockets. You can hold your checkbooks and walking around money, all those kind of <laughs> things you and I love. Um, uh uh, final one for me. Uh, same thing. I, I, it's just a Galaxy's Edge day for me. I absolutely need to go get a bag of Mantel mix. Like, oh yeah, that's going to be added, right? Yeah, no, and, and then you're going to need that at the end of the day at Galaxy's yeah. Edge. You've you've finished your mission. It's tradition that you leave munching on Mantel yeah. mix. Yeah, and look, is it just gourmet popcorn in a bag with Star Wars on it? Twenty dollars or more expensive? Yeah, but I'll buy two. <laughs> Thank you. I was going to say twenty dollars. That's like you know maybe three dollars for the actual food and seventeen <laughs> for the memories. Uh, yeah, the other thing for me for Galaxy's Edge, I'll say. Uh, because uh, it was really pronounced that Sid's weird staff 
uh, this mm. episode that looked like it was capable of great violence, but then she was casually uh, cleaning her claws yeah. <laughs> yeah. at one point. So I need the uh, Sid scary uh, claw cleaning staff. Um, I would also like, just for straight up action figures, uh, for something as kind of straightforward as uh, Scrapper Guild members, uh, those characters looked damn cool at the yeah. end. Uh, so I would happily take a good three and three quarter scrapper guild member. I, I absolutely on the little floating, uh, little floating uh, 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 ship they got there. Yeah. Yeah. A little, little uh, crash skiff. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the other thing for me, which would be a life size toy that I don't think would uh, sell particularly well, because I'm not sure how much fun it is for, uh, for people to uh, act out. Uh, but if you could buy a life size, a uh, text inhibitor chip scanner, Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could put it on your own head to see if you could find your own inner darkness. <laughs> uh, that's deep. <laughs> hey, kids, find your darkness. Yep, that maybe is not going to fly off the shelf, but I'd buy one. Uh, Anything else for you, Ken? No, we, we've definitely, uh, we've got a lot of things to buy after this week. Yeah, look, we have, we've spending money left and right in our minds. Uh, Want to tell people where they can find us? I love to. We are Four Center Podcast. We know a lot of uh, newer people uh, come on through to listen to this uh, review. If you want to find us online, you can go to Twitter at Four Center Pod. We're on Instagram, YouTube as well. You can like our Facebook page at Four Center Podcast. Get an audio book on us by going to audibletrial.com slash Four Center. You can get merch at tpublic.com slash user slash Four Center. We're available a lot of different spots. Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple podcast spotify stitcher tune in amazon music as well uh you can support us directly by going to patreon.com slash force center and uh recent uh, patreon edition brennan marr at the top level is going to get some force center trading cards his way soon uh you can follow me at catnapsock or go to my website catnapsock.com for you joseph where can they find you yeah, you can find me Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Joseph Scrimshaw. If, like me, you like action figures, that's mostly what I do on my TikTok is take pictures of action figures and just say things to them. Mm-hmm. I often talk to my action figures, but now I can share it with the world <laughs> through the magic of TikTok. Uh, so check that out if you're interested. And then if you're interested in any of my other comedy adventures, uh, comedy albums, uh, future shows, uh, the Adult Swim Show I'm a writer for, Tigtone, links to all that stuff are all on my website at josephsgrimshot.com but for now for myself for ken for omega's possible future armor this has been the bad batch report Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.